This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Genesis chapter 45. So uh, last week we started a series on relationships. We're calling this series uh, just for three, three weeks, Relationship Realities, the realities that come with having relationships. I was talking with someone uh, this morning. They said, you know what I love about last week's message was it wasn't just about dating. It wasn't just about marriage. It was about every relationship. You know what I think about your life? I think you have more relationships than you realize. And when you have a relationship, in relationships come relational dynamics, the dynamics or the realities that come with having coworkers, having an employer, having family and having friends and having people that leave weird comments on your Instagram, huh? And this is just uh, the reality of, re- that's, a, that's called no relationship, but, um, but the dynamic of having relationships. I want to jump into part two of the realities of relationships, and this is going to be such a powerful thought that I want to gather around as a community to think about these things, and we're going to look at the life of Joseph. Now, these scriptures that we're about to read, if you're new to church, Joseph is an Old Testament character. I'll explain that a little bit more later. But Joseph, we're going to read some verses at the end of his life. We'll go through the whole story of who he is and the, and the, the, the journey that he goes through. But I want to look at some verses. This is towards the end of Joseph's life. His brothers are going to reveal himself to him after, after some disappointment and some brokenness in these relationships. Let's read together what Joseph says to his brothers after not seeing them. For many years, it says, and Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, by a show of hands, have you ever considered selling your sibling into slavery? Don't raise your hand, Chad, enough of that. But um, your brother whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not, therefore, be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing or harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made uh, made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. This is such a powerful incredible, mature arrival that Joseph is making. I'm going to go through his life very quickly, but I want to look very sincerely here in these last words of his life. He's revealing himself to his brothers. Now, he hasn't seen him in years because years ago, his brothers, when he was young, they sold him into slavery. They, 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 they're so mad. They're so upset at this guy. They're so, he's, he's the, out of 12 boys, he's number 11. Why is it that the more we go down the chain, the younger you are in the family, the more favored you are? Where are all the oldest in the house? If you're the oldest in your family, have we not suffered enough? This is real talk. If you're the youngest, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand because I don't want to know who I disdain in our community. But he's number 11, he's the youngest, and then some stuff happens. They sell him into slavery. This is years later, and instead of being harsh, mean, and critical, instead of being a bitter old man, he's here looking at his brothers with such faith, such God confidence, and he says, guys, you didn't even do this to me. God did this to me. 
God led me here, and actually, this was for your benefit. I'll tell you, Joseph, all the days of his life, Joseph was a man of extreme integrity. And Joseph, towards the end of his years, he was not a shell of the man that he was supposed to be. He was the full embodiment of the man he was supposed to be. And he was that way because he was shrewd on the behalf of others. He was not out for his own gain, but he was out for the betterment, the improvement, the blessing of other people. I want to preach a message today, and you can write down the title of today's message. It's called, How Do I Forgive? How, how in the world, how do I forgive? I will tell you that the key to all relationships is forgiveness. In fact, any relationship you are in is an opportunity for offense. But if you want any relationship to flourish, you've got to make the cognizant decision to say, I'm going to be a person that forgives others. When they wrong me, when they betray me, even when they choose UCLA over the University of Washington, I'm going to forgive them. And I'm going to forgive them in Christ. Because forgiveness is not an emotion. Forgiveness is a decision. Forgiveness is not an event. Forgiveness is a lifestyle. We live our life forgiving and dispensing forgiveness. Why? Because we receive so much forgiveness. Anybody thankful today that Jesus Christ has forgiven your decisions? Come on, I think we can applaud the Lord. It's 12.53 p.m. You've already had one and a half coffees. Come on, somebody thank the Lord for your, your forgiveness of your sins. Come on, let's pray one more time. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for our church. Thank you for all the great things that you're doing that we can't see yet, that we don't know about yet. We say yes, and we say amen to your will and to your ways. Thank you that you're for us and not against us. Thank you that you're kind and gracious. Thank you that you're faithful even when we're faithless. We count it an honor and a privilege to open up your word and to receive knowledge and instruction. Show us Jesus in your word. Help us, Holy Spirit, to see him and to become like him. We're thanking you for it. And God, we pray this week that the rain will go away, bring the sunshine back, because God, we're questioning whether we should still live here anymore or not. And God, we want to stay here in Jesus. We've been sent to the city in Jesus. Jesus' name, and we all said together, come on, if you want the sunshine back, come on, let's applaud and thank the Lord. The sun is coming back, just not tomorrow. This is an amazing story, and I'm going to kind of forego on an uh, intro story just so we can jump into the life of Joseph. Now, Joseph is number 11 out of 12 boys. He's, he's younger, and in his youth, he has a dream. How many of you love to dream? like the La La Land movie dreamers. All the serious folks just got serious and rolled their eyes because they don't relate with dreamers, but all the dreamers just made this face like, <laughs> love to dream. He's a dreamer. He's young, he's dreaming, and he comes to his siblings, and he creates massive sibling rivalry. He's like, guys, this is crazy. Had this dream, and you guys, all my older brothers, you guys were serving me. It's crazy. It's so dope. And the older brother's got mad, and he has another dream. It basically implies the same thing. Well, he's already the youngest, sort of. He's got this crazy cool coat that looks like cross colors from the 90s. He, he's, he's this cool younger brother, and he's having these dreams where the older brothers are going to they're going to bow down and serve him. Now, now, Joseph is not calculated with his dreams. He's flippant with his dreams, and he shares this openly. And, and, and because of this, his brothers, they get angry. They go on a, uh, like a mission trip type deal, and they're away. The dad is worried about the brothers. This is before technology and cell phones. He's got no Wi-Fi. And so he sends Joseph to go check on his brothers. When he gets down to his brothers, the brothers are like, let's, 
Let's kill him. Translation, if you don't share your dreams to the right people, that stuff will get you killed. These guys are so upset. They, they fake his death. They put some blood of an animal on the cross colors jacket. They throw him in a pit, and they actually sell their brother into slavery. I'm going to give you a few things to write down today to encourage you in the realities of your relationships. Here's the first point. Number one, be careful with your dreams. Share them with people that are for you and with you. And Joseph learned this the hard way. He thought, wait, these people are with me, and so because they're with me, surely they have to be for me. Can I encourage you today? There are people that are living life with you. They're sharing space with you, but they're actually not for you. Be very careful who you share your dreams with. Your dreams are to be hidden. Your dreams are to be in for, for close proximity. Your dreams are between you, God, and the people you can trust the most. It's that old saying, loose lips sink ships. I have to say that so slowly because you never know, right? Loose lips sink ships. That kind of talking, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Peter Pepper Pipers, huh? I know it's good if my wife's laughing, right? If she's not rolling her eyes, but I can hear, it's like, nailed it. <laughs> that kind of talk can get you, get you killed. And Joseph is learning lessons about who to share his dreams with. Who to open up his heart with. I, I, this pastor told me a story last week. He said this young man came to him at the church and he said, you know, God called me. I'm supposed to be a prophet to this church. And he was like, well, that's cute. Yeah, I'm supposed to be a prophet to this church. God told me I'm supposed to be a prophet. Maybe this young man, God spoke to him that he is called to be a prophet. But sharing what God is downloading into your life at the right time to the right people is one of the most critical realities when it comes to relationships. Joseph gets himself sabotaged, but it's actually self-sabotage. He shouldn't have shared this in the manner that he shared it. He convoluted and confused, oh, these guys are with me, so translation, they should be for me. No, you got to always discern and decipher between the people that are with you and that are for you. Can I just tell you about Zoe Church? We're not just with you, we're for you. And you can trust us at this church that we're going to fight not with you, we're going to fight for you. We're going to champion your dream. We're going to release your dream. We're going to pray for your dream. Come on, somebody, if you're committing to be that kind of person in this church, all the haters got to go. Come on, if you are a champion of other people's dreams, we want your business to flourish. We want your home to take off. We want everything about you to win national championships, even if you're at UCLA. We believe in the dream, that the God dream that God's given you. So here's, here's Joseph, and, and he's like, oh, I, that, that, that didn't work out. Now he's in a pit, this guy named Potiphar rolls by, and he's like, what do we got here? It's the Hebrew kid. And he rolls by, and, and he's like, how much? And they, they bargain, and, and Potiphar hires, now Joseph, the beloved of 11, 12 boys, number 11, now Joseph is a slave in Potiphar's house. And this is amazing because God's favor and grace is on Joseph. So while he's in Potiphar's house, he just escalates quickly. He gets promoted so fast in the company. He goes from being slave boy to trusted, trusted, trusted. This thing takes off so fast. I'll just tell you, when you have favor on your life, God knows how to get you where he wants you to be. When you got favor on your life, it's undeniable to everybody around you. It, 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 it's sensible. It, it, it's, it's tangible. People can say something's different about you. He's got favor 
he gets promoted so quickly. Now, now Potiphar's got a house. He's got servants. He's got slaves, obviously. But one thing he doesn't have is a wife that's in check. Potiphar's wife is the first desperate housewife. She comes to Joe, and she's like, Joe, it's Valentine's Day, Joe. And I'm not into my man. What about you and I? In fact, the Bible says every day Potiphar's wife's wearing him down. Isn't it amazing how the devil doesn't tempt you once a week? The devil wants to tempt you every day. And here's Potiphar's wife trying to wear him down. Joseph says something so profound. Joseph is a man of God. Again, his integrity preserves him his whole life. And, and Joseph looks at this wife and he says, how dare I? Pa your husband has trusted me. I'm now the number two in this house. And how dare I go against him, your husband? And how dare I go against God, my God. Some of us ought to start looking at the opportunities of sin, of saying it's not that I just don't want to do this against so-and-so. I don't want to hurt God's heart. I don't want to disappoint God. He goes, how can I do this against Potiphar, your husband, who trusts me, and how can I do this against, how can I do this against God? He's now in a position that is so conflicting that he doesn't, he doesn't know who to trust or where to go. Here's the second thing Joseph would tell us out of his life about relationships. Don't be too quick to trust unproven relationships, but throw your everything into proven people. Don't be, hey, unproven relationships. It's like, you know, the Bible says this. This is one way, to just this is the way the scriptures look at it. The Bible says, lay hands on no man suddenly. Translation, before you really trust people, get to know people. You ever see a new relationship and they were, they've been dating for two weeks and they're already dropping the L-bomb? Tell the truth and shame the devil. Do you know anybody like this? And you know from experience, you're like, wait, you guys been two weeks, L-bomb dropped? This is too fast, too much, mate, too much. Whoa, got that guy. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I got you. Got him. And I, I enjoyed it. So did you. Um, and Joseph's, Joseph's, he's teaching us something. In fact, he's, he's too trusting, isn't he? Because Joseph should have gone to Potiphar. I'm like, Potiphar, man, I hate to tell you this. I don't know, man, I don't know the history of your marriage, but like, bro, your wife really digs me. She doesn't dig you. And this is awkward. He doesn't tell Potiphar. He doesn't tell anybody else. In fact, one day he walks in the house, and it's just the two of them alone in the house. He's alone in the house with a married woman. The married woman is so desperate for him. She lunges at him. He takes, he runs away from her, leaves his jacket behind. Now she goes, okay, that's how you want to play, Joseph. She goes to all the other servants, and she's grabbing the cross colors jacket, and she's saying, guess what? This guy, he tried to seduce me. That guy that we, the slave kid, Joseph, the Hebrew boy, he tried to take me to be in bed with him. And she tells an untruthful statement, and he's lied about. Potiphar comes home. He is so upset. He's been betrayed by his brothers. Now he's been betrayed by Potiphar's wife. He is now thrown into prison. What kind of life is this kid living? Are you telling me that, God, you're going to give me a dream and throw me into a pit and throw me into Potiphar's house, and now I'm in prison? This does not match up, God. God, this is not cool. Why would you give me such a magnanimous dream for my life, and yet I have to face such severe consequences? Why in the world, God, do my circumstance not line up with my calling? This is not okay, God. Now he's in prison. 
He's in prison for something he didn't even do. And while he's in prison, this is an amazing story. He's in prison, but he's still got favor. I want to tell you today, when you got favor, it will go everywhere you go. When you got favor, it doesn't matter what city you live in, whether it's sunny or it's raining, you got favor. When God's hand is on you, it's undeniable. When the Spirit of God is in you, it's undeniable. Uh, everywhere Joseph went, he had favor. Are you grateful today that just like Joseph, you have favor? Joseph's in prison now. He's orange is the new black. This is the worst. Six people, that's all right. Percentage-wise, it works out. He's in prison. He's like, Psh, some God dream I got. This is the worst. This is, uh, this is awful. He's in prison, but you know what? He keeps a positive attitude. Yeah, I just, I love this. When you realize there's a call of God on your life, you refuse to let circumstances determine your faith, but you use your faith to determine your circumstance. Instead of let moments define you, you define the moment. Joseph said, I could be in prison, but I'm still going to serve God. I could be in jail, but I'm still going to have a positive outlook. And Joseph, while he's in prison, he makes friends. Well, he makes this friend that's so now proven over time that they make a, a, a commitment together. They go, okay, here's the deal. If I get out, you get out. If you get out, I get out. Are we good? Let's make an agreement. So they do the handshake that NBA players do, and they, All-Star Weekend, and they, they make an agreement. Now, uh, some, some, some events happen where one of his friends, he actually gets promoted and gets to leave the prison cell. Joseph's thinking, "Woo, so great, because <laughs> we made the pact. We made the agreement. And because I'm such good friends with so-and-so, this works out great. Now, because he got out, I get out. This is awesome. Thank God I made this pack and agreement. Thank, I'm in, thank God I'm in covenant relationship. Thank God. And the Bible says, actually, when the chief baker, his friend, gets out, he forgets about Joseph. Read this in Genesis chapter 40, verse number 23, I believe. Watch what the Bible says here in Genesis 40, verse number 23. It says, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Wait a second. I thought you were supposed to remember. You were my ticket out. You were my way out of this mess. I just want to encourage you and write down the next point. Uh, uh, this morning, I love this. People may forget you along the way, but remember, your promotion is in God's hand, not their hands. Oh, I, I believe this with all my heart. Your, your promotion is not in a, because if someone could, could give it to you, someone could take it away. But, but, but your promotion's not in a man's hands, it's in God's hands. In fact, you ought to be encouraged if someone forgets you along their path to success because it's an indicator that God's timing is working perfect in your life. God knows when to lift you up. God knows when to take you from obscurity to prominence. God knows when, to, you, when you're ready. Some of you ought to thank God that God did not promote you earlier than he did because you wouldn't have the character or the wherewithal. You wouldn't have the experience to handle the blessing that is on your life. Anybody thankful today that your blessing and favor and promotion is not wrapped in man? hands, it's in God's hands. Come on, anybody trust the Lord today? The Bible says we trust not in chariots or horsemen. We trust not in riches or mammon, but our trust is in the name of the Lord. The Bible says promotion cometh not from the east nor the west. Promotion cometh from the Lord. The Bible says humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. In due time, he will exalt you. It says humble yourself and you'll be exalted. Exalt yourself and you'll be humbled. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I came to tell somebody, stop trusting man's plan and put your life in God's plan.
Some of you, some of you think, I, I, so-and-so is my big ticket to fame. You don't need fame. You need God. So, so-and-so, if I just attach myself to so-and-so, no, no, no. You got someone big, something bigger than a person. You've got the King of kings. You've got the Lord of lords. The earth is the Lord's and all that is within it. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Somebody thank God today that favor is on your family. Favor is on your world. Oh, you ought to get a little bit louder than that. It's the second service. It's the 12 o'clock service. So don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Chief Baker forget you, but you know who didn't forget you? God did not forget you. So here he is. He's in, he's in prison. His, his friend's gone. He's, he's stuck in jail. And the Bible says, you know, the, 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 you know Potiphar was, he was a man within a, within a kingdom, but the king of the kingdom is a guy named Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream. This dream is so crazy that he cannot solve the riddle of the dream. Can't figure it out. He's asked multiple people, but someone says, you know, I think this kid Joseph that's in, in prison, I'm pretty sure he knows how to, how to solve these kind of cases. He's brought before the king, and the king tells him, this is my dream. And Joseph, through the spirit of God, he interprets the dream. This is the dream. The dream that you had actually represents seven years of abundance and seven years of famine. What God is saying to you, king, and Respectfully, I want to tell you, this land, your land, is going to have seven years of insane prosperity. But directly thereafter of seven years of blessing, we're going to experience seven years of famine. Pharaoh's so blown away by this young man. He said, obviously, there's a, there's a favor on your life. There's something special. This guy, Joseph, goes from, from prison to the palace. Now he's the second in command, not only of Potiphar's house, he's second in command to the king's house. He brings him in. He's got a signet ring. He's the boss. Seven years, Joseph is in charge of stocking the blessings, stocking the goodness, stocking the abundance. After seven years, just like God said through Joseph, the famine starts. We are now in the second year of the famine, and all of a sudden, from their respective areas, who comes to Egypt but, lo and behold, Joseph's brothers. It's been years, right? Years since they sold this kid into a pit. Years since they went back to their dad, Jacob. Jacob, we're so sorry, but we lost one of the 12. Your favorite, he's dead. Now here he is, years later, Joseph. He's the second in command in Pharaoh's courts. And here he is, he's got, he's got favor in this house. Write down point number four today. Follow your favor. Wherever you got favor, you ought to follow that thing. If you got favor with somebody, you got favor with something, you fall, if that's God opening a door. And you got to discern the difference between a God opportunity and a good opportunity. You got to discern the difference. Listen, you don't have favor with somebody that's dropping DMs and you're a married man and some girl's trying to DM you. That's not favor. That's called seduction and the devil. Run from that. That's not favor. That's called divorce. But, but when you got favor, you can discern this is God opening this door. This is God promoting me. This is a God opportunity. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in a bunch of good stuff. I want my life to be filled with God stuff. He follows his favor. He's in this place. He's in the palace. He's in the king's courts. And all of a sudden, here comes his brothers to ask for food. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. But I felt like telling somebody, stay the course. Because God might have given you a dream in your youth. And he's faithful to see this thing come to pass. If God said it, I believe he can do it. All these years later, 
after so many twists and turns and trials and tribulations, after so many tests of his character, lo and behold, all these years later, here are his brothers. They can't recognize him, but he can recognize them. And what do they do? They come in and bow before his throne. The dream comes to pass, doesn't it? Watch what he does. This is a man of character. This is where God can begin to use you in your life. Joseph doesn't look at them and say, huh? Ha, what I tell you, this is a God dream. This is a God dream. No, he doesn't. I'm also thankful you got that one. Let's us know we can journey together still. But he actually reveals himself and he says, actually, this is amazing. Before he even tells them, hey, guys, it's me, Joseph. You know, the Bible says that he goes back into a closet behind the corner and he actually begins to weep because sometimes when you forgive people, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. That God never asks you to remove your emotions from your decision. I make the decision to forgive. That doesn't mean it didn't hurt what they did and what they said. And Joseph now reveals himself to his brothers. He goes, guys, I don't know how to tell you this. This is crazy, but it's, it's, it's me. It's Joseph. And um, I know that you may be dealing right now with shame and, and condemnation. And you may be thinking, am I going to hurt you? Or you may be thinking, what's he going to do to us? But guys, I got to tell you, you didn't do this to me. God did this to me. You, you did not control the destiny of my life. God was in control of the destiny of my life. And he actually spins and makes the whole thing. This is how you can get deliverance from your hurts. When you actually allow what the enemy intended to harm you, and you allow God to turn it around for the good. And he's actually saying, you try to take me out. And what the devil tried to use to hurt me, God used it and redeemed it to promote me. And I wouldn't be here today if you hadn't said what you said and did what you did. And I allowed the kingdom of God. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I know there's some people here today that you got a dream that hasn't come to pass. And you're asking God, God, won't you do something in my life? It is about your decisions to be integrous all the days of your life so you become a candidate for God to use you beyond your wildest dreams. And worship team, you can come join me. And I, I, I don't know who I'm encouraging you today, but write down point number five. The key to all relationships is forgiveness. It's the key. It's the foundation. It's the way that we get to the place that we want. What happens if you get to your God dream and you've got all these broken relationships behind and all these, these enemies and frenemies and all these people that don't like you and all these people that you've silenced before and, and old sibling rivalries. It will do us no good to be in the, the call of God and the fulfillment of God and have all these broken things where we're still mad at people. I want to stand in my God dream whole, happy, delivered, forgiving, gracious, kind, humble. I don't know where you're at today, but I'll tell you what it's like to be in the God dream full of faith for other people. Now I read this story and I think to myself, God, let me be like Joseph. You didn't do this to me. God did this to me. And by the way, this was for you, for your betterment. This wasn't even for me to be a king. This was to preserve your life. Oh, when you can tell it's a God dream, it's not so that you have the benefit, it's so that other people have the benefit. Some of you are mad because people can't relate with your dream. Why don't you get a dream like Martin Luther King Jr.? 
The reason why Martin Luther King Jr. is a legend today and his legacy lives on because it wasn't a dream for his success or his name. It was a dream for humanity. It was a dream for the betterment of others. And so other people could find freedom. So a nation could be healed. I read this story. I think to myself, God, make me like Joseph, a person marked with grace and forgiveness. Even when people mistreat me and maim me and they hurt me and they don't understand me and they, and they minimize my call, God, I thank you that I can hide under the shadow of your wing because you're doing something bigger than myself and even them. Let me be a person of forgiveness. It's the key to all relationships. And you know what else I think? I don't just think, God, make me like Joseph. But I also, in addition, think, thank God that Joseph is just teaching about relationships with humans. The propensity of human nature. Jealousy. Envy. Lust. Pride. Selfishness. Oh, I'm thankful today that that might be the reality of relationships with humans. But I have a greater relationship with Jesus. Don't trust who you can tell your dreams to. But you know what? With Jesus, I tell him everything that I'm going through. All my secrets and all my successes, I can trust Jesus. Trust proven people, you know. But you know who's really proven? Jesus. He is the good shepherd. Oh, I can recognize his voice and I can go to him and I can put all my weight, all my understanding, all of my finance and my future and my marriage and my children. I trust Jesus. Anybody else? Oh, I'm thankful. Some people might forget me, but Jesus, he never forgets me. In fact, the Bible says, and Jesus says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He's a God that remembers. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anybody thankful that you're not going to be forgotten by Jesus Christ? Come on, the Savior of the universe, the chief cornerstone. Favor, I might have favor with a few friends here today, but I got favor with the King of all kings. I got favor with the Messiah of the universe. I got favor with the, with the Prince of Peace. I got favor with the wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. I got favor with the person I need favor with. Forgiveness is the key to all relationships. Yes, yeah, the key to my relationship with Jesus. Because in my brokenness and in the depravity of my sin, Jesus forgave me. He forgave me in my worst moments, and he's going to forgive me when they still happen in the future. He's a God of forgiveness. I'm thankful that we're just learning about some of the relationship dynamics on earth, but it always goes back to a greater and a truer Joseph, and his name is Jesus Christ. Are you thankful, church? Are you thankful for who he is? Are you thankful he's in your world? Come on, why don't you put your hands together, and let's thank the Lord for being so faithful, so gracious, so kind. Come on, anybody saying, I, I know how to forgive. I can forgive just looking at Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.